week. Um, we've got a special guest this week who is, covers college basketball all over the globe. He's uh, done a little bit of everything. And uh, Robbie Hummel, former Purdue star, NBA player, and now I, I, I can't even tell you exactly. You're everywhere. Like, where exactly are you at now? I mean, you're doing yeah, ESPN. Yeah, I, I guess things. I've been consistent at least for the last uh, four or five years of doing this. ESPN and Big Ten Network, and then I do the podcast stuff for the uh, Field of 68. So only three. Not that only three. Oh, And I, I guess Westwood won. As well, so only four. Only four. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, because it seems like I can't go through my Twitter feed, and I find Robbie Hummel's just on my Twitter feed all the time. So I guess that's a good thing, right? Yeah, it's not a bad thing, I guess. Unless people are saying bad stuff, then, <laughs> then maybe it is a bad thing. So you're kind of a veteran broadcaster now. You've got a few years in. And uh, what was it like moving to that side of the fence and being a broadcaster as opposed to a player? Yeah, it, it was um, certainly a challenge in the sense that I think whenever a player gives up playing, it's hard because it's all you've known. And especially when you've played, I guess, in the Big Ten. And, you know, since the time I was 15 years old, this is what I want to do was play basketball at the highest level possible. So whenever you're going to give it up, it, it's always a challenge. I was fortunate that when I was in the NBA, I had gone to their Sportscaster U program. And it had really just kind of given me an idea of what it even was like, you know, and that was at the time at Syracuse, a guy named Matt Park, who is actually Syracuse's play-by-play guy for basketball and football. He ran the whole show and now they moved it out to USC, um, which is too bad because I thought the Syracuse guys did a great job, but it was a crash course weekend deal. You're calling a game for TV, calling a game for radio. You're doing a demonstration like they would do on like a college game day. Um, over at the uh, Carmelo Anthony Center, uh, we're doing, and we were, you were doing it around games one and two of the NBA Finals. So there was like content galore, and it's an NBA, uh, I guess, sponsored program. So they would just give us all the footage, and we just use that. Um, so we also did like a studio show where you took turns on the desk or, you know, offsite as like a reporter, and, and it was I think the finals were Golden State and Cleveland that year. Um, so it was it was really cool. And actually, it's been cool to see because that program, our class, four or five guys are actually still on TV. You know, like uh, Matt Bonner is doing Spurs stuff. Uh, Clint Azabuki is pregame, um, postgame stuff for the Warriors. And Danny Granger's done some CBS I've seen. Um, I don't think Amari Stoudemire has done TV. He might still be playing, actually. He's kind of <laughs> yeah. randomly filling it out. But of, like the ten, of the 10 guys that were there, like five are actually working in television. So that that was good that I had that under my belt. And then I was playing in Italy after I was out of the NBA. And I'm playing in uh, Milan for Giorgio Armani's team. And I'm blocking out and I dislocate my shoulder and I have to have surgery. So I come home and uh, I actually, Big Ten Network reached out and they were just like, hey, we need people to do some studio shows. Would you be willing to do some? So then I got on TV 10 times with that. And my agent happened to be my current agent uh, was a Michigan grad. I was doing a Michigan game. That's how I got him. Like, I, I really hate to say this because my career was so injury riddled, but you know, that injury might have kind of not been the best thing for me, but it, it, it in a way kind of did me a favor because when I was done playing, I knew this is the route I wanted to take. And I think a lot of players really, really struggle where they're just like, this is all I know, and I have no clue what I want to do. I knew I wanted to go into TV and do this broadcasting stuff, 
Now, I didn't know if I would be any good at it or <laughs> if it would go well or, or whatever, but I, I knew that it was the route I wanted to take. And, uh, you know, I kind of had it lined up to where when I stopped, I was actually on ESPN and Big Ten Network my first year out of playing. Wow, that's awesome. Giorgio Armani, did you get, like, good clothing there? What was the oh, Our, our uniforms were Armani. I mean, Giorgio <laughs> would sit at midcourt every game, and after the game, you had to give him this handshake, kind of that's the kiss awesome. the ring deal. Uh, <laughs> we got sweet discounts. Sweet this. I wish I still got them. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. It would be really good yeah. when you're on TV all the time. So. Yeah, there you go. Last year was a weird year for college basketball. You know, fewer fans. Did you do a lot of virtual stuff uh, last yes. year? Yeah, I mean, almost every game for Big Ten Network was done out of the studio in Chicago here. Um, I have a kit in my house here from ESPN where I did, I want to say, every game but two or three um, during the regular season. And those two or three games were actually out of a random studio in Kansas City. <laughs> so, like, I did Kansas Creighton. Yeah. The game was played at Fog Allen. Would have loved to have been there. Um, never been it's it's quite the environment it is awesome. even last year i'm sure with the 2500 people there it still would have been cool um, but it was done out of a room at this random production studio in kansas city <laughs> missouri so um the only games i did in person last year were for westwood one for the NCAA tournament so that was uh wow. i remember doing a game it was actually the purdue north texas game and i was doing a game with uh with jason benetti uh, who i work with a lot at espn and we were just both talking about how during the game, you know, there was limited fans there in Indianapolis. The the game was at Lucas Oil. We we're both like, man, how cool is this? There's actually like <laughs> some kind of atmosphere here, you know? Like it, it just it felt good. We hadn't had it at all. You know, calling a game out of this room in my house is not not what I like to do. You know, I I like being in the atmosphere, whether it's campaign or stuff, yeah, Bloomington, wherever. Um, so I'm looking forward to that this year because it's definitely a big part of what college athletics is about. Yeah, I got to in Champaign they pipe in the the crowd noise, like fake crowd noise, and it just yeah. just it almost annoyed you more than it, yeah. it actually adds it's to the constant kind of drone of, yep. of crowd noise. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Ten tournament last year, I got you know they finally first game that I got to have fans be yeah. with fans last year, and it was really cool. You know, just to see those fans and the players were just you could see they were so excited to play in front of people. Totally. So I mean that's why you that's why you play in the Big Ten. I I, I swear we have the best fan support in, in college basketball. It's just there's so many good venues. Um the student sections are really good. And I I've done a lot of games in the Big Twelve and the Big Twelve is is also a, a well supported league. You watch some of these other leagues on TV and it's it's not like it is here in the Midwest. Yeah, they Big Ten te seems to lead the uh, country in attendance every yeah. year. So kind of, yeah, consistently. So uh, as we we talked last week, uh, Big Ten Media Days were last week, and uh, first question: Did you learn anything at Big Ten Media Days? Yeah, I learned that uh, Chris Collins is a big Real Housewives fan. <laughs> <laughs> All the hard stuff that we were we were getting from the coaches and players. I, I was there for ESPN, and we were doing more of the personality stuff. Know, what what are you watching on TV? What's your favorite song? Um, I and not that I feel like you learn an overwhelming amount of things at Big Ten Media Day. It's a lot of coach speak. It's a lot of like, you know, the guy that shot thirty percent last year is having the greatest off season ever. He's going to shoot forty five from three this year. Um, so I, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. But we we were doing more of the fun stuff 
uh, I would say that maybe like the hard hitting basketball questions that other people are asking. We, we did learn that Hunter Dickinson doesn't like Illinois, right? And Illinois fans, at least. We did learn. So that was the only thing. Yeah. That was actually kind of fun to actually have somebody, you know, and Curbelo saying they're going to be better. It was fun to have kids actually maybe speak their mind a little bit and say what you they know, were thinking. Totally. Because everyone is so coached up on how to not be controversial and give kind of the the boring answer right so but then when the, the kids do the fans certain fan bases lose their minds i'm sure that the illini fans are like man we hate hunter dickinson when in reality he just told you how he really feels yeah. um and i think that's what makes like cool rivalries and it's certainly refreshing i think i think it's really refreshing to hear a kid say that you know hey it's they were annoying him last year, whatever. Like, yeah. how could they not? They're booing him every time he touches the ball. Yeah. You know, they're yelling at you about your, your girlfriend or, you know, your sister or whatever. Like, so yeah, uh, I'm sure it did get on his nerves, but that's that's the beauty of playing on the road in this conference is that the, the fan bases are very well informed. And, you know, I, I always thought that it was fun going and playing on the road and funny when they had stuff about you. I remember when we played at, uh, Alabama my junior year we went in there we were ranked in the top five in the country early in the season and it was actually the night that Mark Ingram won the Heisman down there so Alabama I would not say has an exactly rabid basketball fan base but you know a top five teams coming in it's a good crowd and they announce it when we're warming up that Ingram wins the Heisman and the place goes up for grabs <laughs> but their student section had these life-size cutouts they'd taken from our Facebook we had this Halloween party in October and like I was wearing this like Buzz Lightyear costume. The Buzz is like front and center. And then like Chris Kramer was wearing, he was dressed as like John Daly. He's a golfer with like a big pillow to, for a, you know, a big belly or whatever. And somebody was a cowboy. I mean, it was, they had all these, but like, that's funny, you know, like yeah. it, it's a good job of, Hey, we're putting this out there on the internet they're going to use it, you know? So I, I think that that's the cool part about playing on the road. Yeah, that's got to be a blast. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, some people look at it as intimidating, but I, th I think it's kind of fun. You know, it gives you just a little motivation, makes it fun, and maybe it lightens it up. At the end of the day, you still got to make baskets and keep them from getting baskets, no matter what Whoa. the fans do. It, it's, I, I, I thought it was good that Kofi, listen to Kofi and Dickinson both talk, how much they respect each other, though, even though they may not like the, the fan bases, they both were like, hey, you know, these guys are really good. So I think oh. that's another part of it, too. Yeah, and I think that you see that a lot across the board with the the players in the Big Ten. There's probably five or six big men in this league this year that could easily make a claim for first or second team All-American. And that would not be a stretch. Um, there's certainly a respect level there, and you understand that when, especially if you're a big, when, when you time up, go out there, it's going to be a, a war. So I think it's cool to see that as well. And I'm not surprised to hear that, you know, at all. I think when you look at the bigs in the conference this year with Trace Jackson Davis, Kofi, Hunter Dickinson, um, Zach Eady and Travion Williams, um, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. E well, did I say EJ Liddell? EJ Liddell is a great yeah. player. And then a kid um, who transferred from Georgetown into Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too, so you had another Caduce. one. Yeah, Caduce. He's a good player. So they're – there's and that, but that's been the way it's been the last three years. Think about Daniel Oturu, Luka Garza, Jalen Smith, um, Bruno Fernando. I, there, there's so many really good, really good big men that we've had in the Big Ten. Um, and even with the losses of like a Miles Johnson going to UCLA, Luka Garza going on the NBA, there are still so many good players um, and so many good big. 
Is it fair to say that right now, I mean, you look at the, the models, the polls, everything, looks like maybe three teams at the Big Ten, maybe a, a top, you know, Purdue and Michigan and Illinois, and then maybe a second tier. The big three that we're, we kind of see, what, what are your thoughts on those three? Yeah, so I think that with Purdue, they bring so much back. They return almost everybody um, to this year's team. They've got great bigs. They've got an explosive playmaker in Jay Nivey, who's as good as anybody in the league in terms of being a, a two-way player and, and just having the potential. Athletically, he moves different than a lot of the guys that you see in college basketball, and there's a reason for that. Um, so I, I think I'm really high on Purdue. I think Illinois returns a ton as well. Um, we, we talked about Andre Curbelo. <laughs> Um, I've gotten a lot of grief because Jeff Goodman says a first team All-American. I, I have him as preseason first team All-League, All-Big Ten. I think he's going to have a, an excellent year. Um, I, so I, I don't have to ask you why you hate Andre Carbello from no, Billy. No, time. I really like him. I love watching him play. <laughs> I, I just don't like him to the level that Jeff likes him. And I, that's the problem right there. Yeah, there you go. Um, but you bring back Trent Frazier again, who's just been a good player for Illinois for so long. And I, I love the fact that he has been there through the, the down years when, when Coach Underwood started, and now he's seen it through to where last year you're looking at a top you know, two seed in, in the NCAA tournament and you have a great team. It doesn't work out the way that Illinois fans obviously wanted him to, but again, you get another shot here. Um, Demonte Williams is like the ultimate role guy, just shoots 50% from three and guards and does whatever it takes. Obviously, Kofi, that speaks for itself. He's one of the best bigs in the country. I think the Alfonso Plummer addition is, is huge. I think he can score, he can make shots. Illinois is going to have a ton of three-point shooting this year. So when you talk about Andre Curbelo playing pick and roll and rolling Kofi to the rim, and you've got shooters on the other side, that's a pick-your-poison deal. If you told me, I picked Purdue to win the league because of how much they return, but if you told me that Illinois or Michigan were to win, or even Ohio State, you can make a case, honestly, for like six teams they could win the Big Ten, I, I believe. So uh, Michigan is a little more of an X factor. You know, Mike Smith worked so good last year as a transfer point guard. We'll see, we'll see if it works again this year. They're going to do it again and run it back with a transfer point. They've got an elite um, recruiting class. Caleb Houston is supposed to be just the real deal. But I think when you look at Michigan, you, you have to say – they lost Franz Wagner. You know, you lost Isaiah Livers. You lose Mike Smith. There's a lot that they have to replace. And there's a lot of guys that are, are filling those roles that are either freshmen in college or they're, they're going to be in their first year of playing in the Big Ten, which is, is certainly a different deal um, than some of these mid-major conferences. So I'm high on all three teams. I, I think if you, you can make a case for any of them to win the league, and I'd, I'd be with it. Um, people will say I'm biased because of Purdue, but I just – I could not get past the fact that they returned everybody. Yeah, well, and I think Purdue, I, I, I could pick any of those three teams and see, you can make a valid argument. The sure. one thing I question about the freshmen coming in is we didn't get to see as much of those guys. And, and I know they're good, but it's hard to say they're this good or that good because we didn't get to see them play. We didn't get For a whole year. We didn't get, yeah. you know, so. Right. It was just a different world. So yep. if you look at that, you mentioned Ohio State. Is there another team you look at as maybe could be a surprise? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say a surprise, but I think Maryland will be very good. I think Indiana is going to be 
a good team this year. I, I think last year they certainly had pieces and they just couldn't put it together. They couldn't really figure out um, the shooting aspect of the game. They struggled on the offensive end of the floor. But Trace Jackson Davis is an elite player. I, I think the Xavier Johnson pickup um, from Pitt is going to be huge for them. Pitt has had so many guys transfer that are just like, you know, good, good solid play of Marcus Carr and it's like the list just goes on and on of good pit players that have kind of left yeah. other places to play good. Um, Parker Stewart is a guy that they'll need this year. He set out last season after his father um, right. passed away. Um, but he, you know, he's made like 142 threes in two seasons. Right. Miller cops transfer, I think can't be um, overlooked because, you know, at Northwestern at times he was number one or number two on the scouting report. And I don't think that's necessarily maybe where his game is, but now all of a sudden you put him at four or five and you talk about the attention that Trey Jackson Davis is going to draw. He shot it really well for the first 11 games of the year last year. He was shooting like 50 from the field and I think 51 from three. And then the last 13 games, it, it <laughs> fell yeah, off a cliff. Fell off. Um, but I, I do think that with some of the guys they return, whether it's Rob Finnessy, um, Trey Galloway played some last year. Jordan Geronimo. They had Tamar Bates, who's a really talented freshman. Right. Um, they they're probably flying under the radar just because of the fact that it's a new coach. But they return a lot and they added a lot. They did a great job. Um, Mike Woodson did it in kind of addressing some of their needs. So when you look at this year, like there's so many the, the rankings are all over the place. Like you can say that a team's the computer models have one set of rankings. Then you got, you know, the eye test people, what the AP writers, and you've got yeah, this sure. guy and that guy. It's sort of, what do you, do you look at computer models at all when you're looking at this stuff or is it? Just are you, are you talking like Ken Palm? Ken Palm, Tor, Bart Torvik, T-Rank, whatever. So I like never looked, I had never even heard of T-Rank. <laughs> so I have not looked at that one. Um, Ken Palm, I really like. I use it a ton. I think it's fascinating to see some of the tempo numbers, um, certainly offensive and defensive efficiency are where that kind of, um, I guess, made its mark, I would say. But I yeah. I use Ken Palm a ton. I, I just, especially when you're not, you haven't seen someone, I think you can get a really quick picture at how they play, what they do well, what they, what they don't do well. Um, I, I use Ken Palm for every game I do, um, whether that's, the offensive rebound percentage numbers that I always kind of keep track of, or I, I do use a, a decent amount of stats. Um, I'm not like married to it, but I, I think that that website, Ken Pomeroy can really give you a, a quick minute snapshot of what this team is, is doing and how they're doing it. That's good. Uh, Robbie Hummel on Sturdy for Three, sponsored by KimPom.com. Noah, <laughs> we got to get a little shout out for him, though, so maybe we'll get a subscriber. But yeah. is it the, the Big Ten, it, last year, best conference in college hoops, but didn't maybe have the tournament that they expected. This year, again, probably the top team, top conference in college hoops, when you look at those. What do they need to do? They haven't won a national title in 20 years. Yeah. What do they need to do? I don't know, because it doesn't make any sense to me. I, I really doesn't. I, I think the coaches we have are, are the best in the country. Talent has been there to do it. Um, maybe you could make the case that the Big Ten lacks some of the one and done talent that the SEC um, attracts and the Pac-12 attracts at times. But it, it's it's pretty crazy to me that of all the good teams, even when I played um, in the Big Ten, I, I feel like there's three or four teams, I could say that, man, they, they easily could have won it all. You know, now it's 
it's a crapshoot, right? You're playing it's a it's a one game elimination yep. to deal. It's not like you're playing a best of seven series here. Um, so that plays a, a part of it, I think. But it, it is to answer your question, I do not know what the Big Ten needs to. I, I really don't. I think that if if that answer was easy to give, somebody would do it. Yeah. But it's I'm not totally bought in on like the one and done stuff all the time. I think there's something to be said about being older and being experienced. Um, but for whatever reason, it's it's just been kind of elusive for the Big Ten to to win the national title. Yeah, and obviously they had a lot of Final Four participants. They've had yeah, you know, right. We've had a, we've national had national title game. Just haven't gotten that last win. You sure. know, at the end of the year. Sure. Is it, how has it changed? You know, ten years ago you were playing college basketball. How has the game changed in that ten years since you were playing? They're they're jacking threes now. <laughs> I wish I was out there for that. I I would be okay in that style of play. Um, yeah, the certainly that that's changed. Um, the shot clock has been uh, pared down from 35 when I played. So I do think that you get a little more uh, tempo with the game. The rules have changed a lot. Like I at times miss seeing a guy like Chris Kramer just maul people because he was. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and he would have been able to adjust. He, you know, they're calling him for fouls. He'd stop doing it. Um, they, they definitely call it a little tighter now. Um, that that's changed, um, and and probably for the better. Like I liked it because he was my teammate. <laughs> but <laughs> but if he was guarding me, like when Chester Frazier was doing that to me, I didn't like it either. You know, yeah. he, he's hand checking and holding and doing all of that, and that's he should have. I, I didn't like it. So why why wouldn't he do that stuff? Um, but it, it's certainly kind of gone from where the Big Ten was, and it still is a big bruising conference, I think. But you're not you're not going to play like Michigan State, for example, would play Drew Namick and Goran Sutan at the five and the four, and then Raymar Morgan at the three. Yeah. That lineup, you know, Raymar Morgan might be like a five and like yeah. a small ball five at times um, in, in today's game. But I think that you've kind of seen some of these schools. Um, go away from that the stretch four was a very new idea like I, I thought that coach painter was kind of not that he invented it but he played me at the four all five of my years though at the there at purdue and uh there wasn't a lot of people doing that so it, it was a big advantage for me uh, that's probably why early i struggled with illinois because brian randall was he yeah. wasn't a skilled stretch four, but he was an athlete. Yeah, he was. <laughs> so really I was athletic. Other teams were were running out there, some basically centers to play the four, and I loved that because they had to chase me, and you know I'd bring the ball up, and I was more of a guard coming out of high school. But yeah, I didn't like playing against Brian because <laughs> he he would he could really guard. He could yeah. really really guard. He was a freak athlete. You know, yeah. it's it's funny that Illinois did that a little bit. They they never could like go into it completely moving Randall the four, but they did a little bit. It was almost like it was almost hard for Coach Weber to kind of make that change. You could see it's like a transition now. Sure. And, and like Mike Davis kind of like became their four man, and he was even more of a big. He didn't yeah. shoot it a ton. He could, but he was shooting to fifteen feet. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who started at the four for Illinois. My fresh. It, it, I want to say because it's Warren, Warren Carter. I didn't Warren play Carter. against Warren. I, I missed him. After. I missed him by a year. He would have been the four man. I think it had to be Brian because through the five, I, I think it was kind of Brian and then Mike Davis would back him up. Yeah, they were freshmen. Tisdale and Davis were freshmen. Davis would back year. up Pruitt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, it's a different. That's a long time ago. It's good memory. Yeah, <laughs> that's some big boys right there, the Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Kramer, and I always think of Aaron Kraft, Chris Kramer, and Chester Frazier. We're like the three guys that when you went to play that team, you really didn't want those guys guarding you. Those are just no, the guys that you said. No. I, don't I mean, I, I give a lot of credit to Coach Weber. My sophomore year, um, I had had some, some pretty good games against Illinois as a freshman, and I, he just said, this dude never posts up. Let's let's put Chester on him. And it was – I mean, I didn't ever post up. So <laughs> and I didn't know how to post up at that point. I'd, I'd been a point guard on my high school team. I, I just – I didn't know what to do with it. All my advantage – at that up to that point was all right i'm gonna play against a bigger guy and kind of use perimeter skills and hope that i can kind of hold my own on the other end so i yeah that's accurate i i wanted no part of chester frazier <laughs> and uh, i didn't i was never carded by aaron Kraft, but i watched him harass my team for uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah they have a it, so i gotta get go back to history i mean the first time i saw you play i think was in the nike all-american camp we were talking about this last week and you, and you dunked. You had the, the the dunk on Costa Kufos. And so you, you go down the lane, you dunk on him, and you were pretty proud of that at the time. I mean, I, you may I'm not very remember. very proud of it now, if it's, <laughs> if it's true. I, I can't remember if it was on Costa, if it was on somebody else. I do remember having a really good dunk at the night camp, though. So yeah. I, yeah, I and I, so I, so it is, it is legit. So I can tell other people who have been, doubted my that said Robbie Hummel. I said, but pre-knee injury, Robbie Hummel. Problem. Yeah, when you blow your knee out three times or two times and have a meniscus, your bounce just goes away from you. <laughs> it's not you the same. I, uh, I appreciate you spreading the good word. Tell Jeff Goodman that because he's unmerciful about my, my vertical jump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe that. Um, so uh, we got to so go back in history of your recruitment. Obviously, you have ties to Illinois and Champaign. What, yep. what are your – you got your family that lives there, right? Yeah, yeah. So my uh, my grandparents uh, still live in the same home. Well, my, my grandmother um, passed away two months ago. Um, she was a big Illini fan. But my, my grandfather still lives in Champaign. Uh, my uncle is still a professor at the University of Illinois. My dad played tennis uh, at Illinois. Um, so, yeah, I, I grew up you know, going to football and basketball games or even volleyball um, games. Grew up going to the hockey rink to skate. Um, my grandparents live right by Clark Park. So I, you know, I've been to, to Papa Dell's a million times. I still think <laughs> it's some of the best pizza ever. Um, I, I know Champagne really well. You know, I, I just, I've, I've been around the, the community a ton and um, growing up going to all those games and just being in town and following the the teams um I, I certainly really enjoyed watching illinois sporting events as a kid yeah so then of course when it came to recruiting uh illinois didn't maybe have the same interest that purdue did in you yeah yeah it's fair to say um <laughs> yeah they just you know it's one of those deals where in in recruiting you can only take the number of guys that you have scholarships for right so um billy cole had legit Illinois ties as well and was a, a good player coming out of high school and um, you've got Eric Gordon committed you're recruiting Derrick Rose it, it, there was a lot of good players right so it was it was a it was a tough deal for them and yeah they they did not reciprocate the interest <laughs> so so I, and we, like we said Co coach Weber has a as you said earlier he's apologized a few times for maybe not uh, recruiting you a little harder yeah but I mean it, it's 
it's so 2020 hindsight, right? Yeah, I could have went to Purdue and sucked, and he would have been like, "Hey, I was right to not recruit." You. <laughs> um, it's it honestly was probably the best thing for me because I went to school with some of my my best friends and Etwan Moore and Juwan Johnson, and uh, we had excellent teams. I, I still think that if I don't blow my knee out, we could have been one of the teams that goes to the Final Four and competes for a national title. Who knows? You know, well, we never will, but. I, I had a great experience at Purdue. I, I love the fact that I got to play for Coach Painter, who is a great coach and a, a really good guy. Um, and I honestly, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Coach Weber. I've called so many Kansas State games in the last three <laughs> years, whether it was the uh, the Barry Brown, Kamal Stokes, Dean Wade teams, or even last year, I, I had a decent amount of Kansas State's games for ESPN. So I, I've talked to him a bunch. I, I think he's a really good guy. I think he's a really good coach, uh, especially defensively. They, they do some really good stuff. Um, so there, there are no hard feelings here. I still really like Illinois. I promise <laughs> I don't hate Illinois. And I, I like Andre Corbello too. So, so, <laughs> so we'll make sure Goodman, we'll make sure we tell Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman is coming on next week. So there we'll make go. sure right, that we him. have him. Let him know. <laughs> Let Let him know. know. You, you can dunk. And yeah, you do the like two Corbello. things I wanted you to tell him. I can dunk. And I like Andre Corbello. <laughs> All right, that's awesome. Hey, Robbie, yeah, I appreciate you coming on uh, 30 for 30 this week. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, really enjoyed hearing your perspective. And we'll see you uh, at some Big Ten games in person, hopefully, this year. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Brad. Thanks, Rob.